doing, what he taught his disciples to do, are the very things that we continue to get to do. I have a boat, and it's parked in the garage. Now, how many of you know that you don't catch fish in your garage? Right? You have, you have to launch your boat. You have to pull your truck in, pull the boat out, get it down, launch it, and go fishing. And that was the basic concept that Jesus was teaching all his disciples and all those that were willing to listen and to hear. Launch your boat, go out and do the stuff, catch fish. When Jesus was talking to them, basically he's saying, what do you see happening? What do you see me doing? What do you see going on around you? What are, what's happening with people? And he, he told them, the kingdom of God is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons. As freely as you've been given, give it away. Now that concept is still here today. It hasn't changed. He led Jesus to do all the things that Jesus did. And Jesus said, um, I am in the Father, Father is me, and I am in you. And if Jesus was doing what the Father is doing, and the Spirit of God was leading Jesus to do what the Father was doing, and Jesus is in us, what do we get to do? All the stuff, all the things that Jesus does. I, I want to tell this morning, I'll, I, I want to tell you a few stories as we get to those, but I, I, there's a little thing that, that I've enjoyed reading, if I brought it with me this morning, and it's about God being infinitely generous, which I didn't bring, but C.S. Lewis wrote about it, and he said, God is infinitely generous uh, to give to us all the things that the Holy Spirit is. But he goes on to write and say, if the opening of the container to pour into is small, you won't get much. But if the container is open, where he can pour in all that he is and all that he wants to do, all the things that Jesus wants to do through us can get done and can happen. So it's important to just believe that God is infinitely generous in all that he is. We were in England, and there was a at, a, at a, at a small church, and the pastor came up and said, Mike, would you go with me and pray for this lady? Uh, she's a missionary to Rwanda, and um, she's got about three weeks to live. Uh, hospice is working with her now, and, but could we go and pray for her? And I was like, yeah. So we got to the house. Talked to her for a little bit, and um, she talked a little bit about how, how she was feeling, and we started praying for her. And as we prayed for her, I could, I could not see anything happening. Have you ever prayed for somebody, and you see nothing happening? Hello, right? Does that happen? You don't see anything. But I, I want to tell you something. Whenever you Welcome the Holy Spirit to come. Whenever you go to pray for somebody, something happens. I don't care if you can see it or you can't see it. 
something takes place because the Spirit of God resides with us because He's ever-present. So after praying for the lady, why we went back uh, to the church, one year later, he came walking up to me. We were back over there. He came walking up to me, and he says, by the way, did you ever hear uh, what had happened to this lady that we prayed for? I said, no. She says, well, she had all these brain tumors, and that's why she was dying. I said, so what happened? He said, they just suddenly started disappearing. They all started disappearing. And by the way, she just she went out weeks later back to Rwanda, came back, and she's here now. Now, I love it. But I, I had to risk, right? Faith is about risking. Faith is about going and doing something that maybe you don't feel comfortable about doing. Nevertheless, you just do it. What if you're walking down the street and you see somebody and all of a sudden you feel just kind of encouraged or a little ah, energy there about that person? Now, what do you suppose is happening? Well, I think often it's the Holy Spirit just wanting you to be free to go and say something. Just introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Mike. Who are you? Jerry, who are you? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's okay. I like all skeptical cynics. <laughs> the point is, is that as we begin to do that very thing, you know what happens to us? We begin to feel free about doing it. It's not until we actually step over and step out of our fear, our timidity, our anxiety, or anything else about people that anything will happen. When I was about five, six, seven, five, six, seven, like that, my grandfather had a farm back in Missouri. And I used to love to go and watch them feed the pigs. I'd climb up on the fence, lean over the top and watch them, and the minute they started putting all the stuff, all the slop, we call it slop, all the leftovers, in that, in that long trough, the pigs would all come over and crowd right up to the trough. And I watched this one small pig, about half grown, come over trying to figure out how do I get in there? And finally, he wedged himself in and started going like this until finally he got his feet on the backs and he ran over and jumped in the trough. And he got as much as he wanted. That's how I approach God. God, I'm not satisfied to stand on the edge and run back and forth. I want more. I don't want just a little. I want to get up in your trough and get all the stuff you've got to give. And I think he loves that. I think we get as much as we're willing to take. He can give it out and lay it out. And it's like, how much do you want? Well, I want as much as I can get. 
And I don't feel bad about it. In fact, I'm excited about it. There was a biker uh, that got uh, hit by a car. His, his leg from his knee down, from here down to his ankle, all the bones were shattered. And I got a call um, from a person that I knew, uh, not very well, but a little bit. But he, you know what he heard? He heard, if you call Mike Fry, he'll go and pray for your friends. He'll go and pray for you. He'll pray for anything that walks or any, anybody. He'll go and he'll just go and pray. Why? I was in the trough. I liked being in the trough. I didn't want to miss anything God was doing that I had the opportunity to do something with. So he said, my friend's in the hospital. Would you go up and pray for him? And I asked him, I said, well, I'd be happy to. However, have you called him? Have you let him know? Ask him if it's okay if I come. I want you to do that first, which he did. And the, and the guy said, yeah, now you know, he, my friend is not a believer. He doesn't know God. He doesn't know Christ. But he said, yes, that he, he would be fine to come up and pray for him. So I got up there, and we, I met him, talked with him a little bit. His leg was elevated. Um, he was in the hospital bed, but his leg was elevated up like that. Well, can't do it as, like I used to. Get one of these high school kids up here, and they'll get their leg up there. And, and there, was a, there was a kind of a bar that went out like this, and his leg was supported underneath this bar like this. And he had, there was a kind of a sheet that covered over it. And he said, uh, do you want to see my leg? And I thought, yeah, well, what the heck, you know. Well, he pulled the sheet off, and I'll tell you, there, must have, there were all these little screws screwed into each side of his leg, pushing the bones back together, lining them up all the way down, all the way down his leg. And the, the uh, sores, I mean, where he screwed in the pins, were oozing. Well, there's no way I want to touch his leg. You know, he said, don't touch my leg. I said, don't worry. I'm not going to do that. So I said, well, here's what I'd like to do. I'm just going to pray and ask God just to come and bring healing. So he said, okay. I said, you close your eyes. And he said, don't touch my leg. I said, I got it. And so, but I, I, I said, all, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to put my hand up over your leg. That's it. He said, okay. So I just put my hand up and, Lord, would you just come right now? Jesus, you, you love this man and he's been injured. Would you bring healing? Just start healing his leg. And um, after just about a minute, his eyes snap open like that. And he looks at me and I said, he said, I told you, don't touch my leg. Why have you been touching my leg? And I said, I haven't touched your leg. He says, yes, you have. I could feel it. He says, I could feel your hand rubbing back and forth on my leg like this. And I said, honestly, I didn't do that. He said, well, what was happening? I said, we ask God to come. We ask him, would he come and bring healing to your leg? And that's exactly what he's doing. So after we'd prayed, I said I was happy to meet him. I left. And um, my friend, this friend, oh, it was probably a month or so later. Anyway, he called and said, hey, I just want to let you know that his leg really healed up quickly. The doctors were just kind of shocked that it happened. 
and, 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 and everything went so well. The point was, this guy was not a believer. My friend had a chance to talk to him about what was going on. I had a chance just to come up and be with him and pray for him. This guy loved it. He wasn't offended one little bit. He really liked it. So we have that opportunity just to go and do these things. I think there has to be some expectation or anticipation that God would want to use me. To not have any expectation would kind of make it null and void. But if you begin to look at yourself as the Spirit of God lives in me, He loves people, He loves me, and I have the opportunity to do any of these things at any point, I just have to be available. I have to say, okay, I'm willing. I'll do it. I mean, think what would happen if everyone here, if your name got out and it was, hey, you call Larry, you call Matt, you call any Mike, anybody here, you call them and they'll come and pray for you. What do you think would begin to happen? One time... Um, we were at this particular conference, and I was praying for people, and I couldn't see anything happening. And after five or six people I'd prayed for, I felt kind of complaining. You know, it's like, wham, wham. I feel like nobody, nobody's getting healed. Nobody's, nothing's happening. You know, and I was pretty upset about it. So I went over to this friend that was known as a, quote, healer. He wasn't, he wasn't any different, because I asked him one at the time, I said, were you just born this way? You just, no, he said, absolutely not. He said, I, I just went out and prayed for everybody that I could pray for as often as I could pray. And people started getting well. So I said, well, I've been praying. I prayed for five or six, seven people, and nobody's been healed. And he said, Mike, go pray for 200 people. And if nobody gets healed, you come back and talk to me. And that really set me on a course because it was like, I'm going to go and do this. And I'm not going to stop. So expectation is really important because with expectation is not about being a spectator. So you have to step into the arena. You have to get in and begin doing it. So begin to look for places that you can. I mean, think about people you know. Go around to your neighbors and knock on their doors and say, hey, I just want to stop by. I don't think we've met. My name is. And I just wondered, um, would, is there any, anything you'd like me? Can I help you out? Can I pray for you? You know, people want to meet others. People are open. But somebody has to step forward. Um, I should have brought my little, I have a little thing with, about surfboards since we, we're at the coast and everybody surf, surfs here, but I have this little, little thing and, and when you open it up, it actually is supposed to have candy in it. But what happens is it starts playing the, um, 
the, the uh, Beach Boys song, and it shows this like, the, like a surfer on the underside of a wave. Well, I love that thing because it was a reminder one time that the Lord gave me, and it was, look it, you want to do these things. I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, here's the deal. And all of a sudden, I had a vision, very clear vision, and I'm on a surfboard, and I'm, I'm standing on the top of the wave. Now, if you surf, I mean, my kids, grandkids, they all surf. And you don't stand on the top up here. You're going down through here, right? I was standing on the top, and I'm looking down, and the wave was high. I'm looking down. I could see sand. And I'm thinking, this is not great. This is the wrong place to be. If I slip off, I'm, I'm done for. You know what the Lord told me? He said, Mike, this is where I am. Because it's me that does the stuff, and you have to risk. Are you willing to risk to do it? And then he did this interesting thing. He said, I want you to turn around and look. And so I turned around and looked behind me, and there were lots of surfers, and they were waiting for a wave. And they were straddling their surfboards. Here was the interesting thing. Jesus said, I love them all. I love you. So there wasn't, because I was up on the top in this risky place to do the stuff, didn't mean that he loved me more. Does that make sense? He didn't love me more because I was willing to risk. He loved every single person exactly the same. He loves all of us identically. He loves us all. There isn't anything about us he doesn't love. It was just that, Mike, if you want to do these things, you want to go out and pray for the sick, you want to, then you're going to have to risk. And risking is up here with, this is where the risking is. And so, if I'd thought about this morning, I would have brought my little thing. We could have listened to the Beach Boys and seen the whole thing, you know. I'll tell you one last, well, I guess I've got a little bit of time. I'll tell you a couple more stories. Um, I got a call with this other friend to, um, from a Seventh-day Adventist church. You know, they meet on a Saturday. And so the pastor called and said, could you, could you come and pray for one of the uh, people here in my church? Because Tuesday, he goes in for surgery. He has diabetes. He's legally blind. Um, he's got gangrene from, from his knee all the way down to his ankle. And... Um, they're going to amputate his leg. They're going to do surgery and amputate his leg from here down on Tuesday. And, I, yeah, I'll come pray. So we get, we get to the pastor's office, and, um, again, the guy wants to show me his leg. And, I, you know, he pulls his pants up and, and shows, and he's got 
um, there, it's holes, divots in, in his leg. Part of it is green, some of it's black. The flesh is dying. He's got um, um, these red stripes running up from his ankles. His glasses were about, I'd say, you know, like quarter to a half inch thick because he could, he could barely, I mean, he had to have glasses that, with that thickness in order to see. So we talked about it, said, okay, we'll pray for you. And we started praying for him. And um, again, I want to tell you, we couldn't see anything happen. Not a thing. How many of you, when you pray for somebody, you'd like to see something happen? You'd like some kind of a good report back, like, wow, I, I can, you know. <clears throat> that doesn't always happen. Because we have to let God be God. And we just have to be us. We, we just get to do what he has in mind that he wants to do. I pray he heals. I believe and have faith that he wants to do what he wants to do. So whatever he wants to do, I'm good for it. That makes sense? Now, do you ever feel like, God, let me give you some advice let me tell you how I'd like to, this is how I want you to do it. And if you do it, my expectations are met, and I feel, feel a lot better. Well, that's normal. So we prayed for him and saw nothing happen. One year later, we were going, having a worship celebration in a gym like this at an elementary school. And as we, uh, we, we came a little bit early, and this person walks up to me and he says, um, Hey, do you remember me? And I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't. So he said, do you, do you remember coming to the Seventh-day Adventist church and praying for me? I said, you're the guy? He says, yes. I said, no, I, I never heard anything. Uh, how are you doing? What's happened? He said, well, um, I went in for a checkup on Monday at the hospital, and the surgeon and the doctor I met with looked at my leg, and, he, and they said, you know, something's going on here because the red stripes were disappearing. And he said, I don't know what that means, but I want to hold off on this surgery tomorrow. And he said, can you tell me what's happening? I said, well, um, at church, some people came and prayed for me. He said, okay. And I said, then what happened? He said, well... The, all in, in my leg, these sores started healing. The gangrene started disappearing until um, it was gone. And he said, but the strangest thing was that um, I got 20-20, my 20-20 sight back in both eyes. And he said, I had the darndest time figuring out what was going on because I kept putting my old glasses on and I couldn't see. So it was great. I didn't know what was going to happen, right? Do we really know what's going to happen? We just go because that's who we are. We go because we can do this. We, be, we go because Jesus loves to do it. But practice builds expectation. 
Practice builds expectation. Every time you break a boundary that you've set, a line that you don't like to cross, every time you cross that, you break that boundary and you step into places that are not necessarily comfortable, but you break them. And next time, that expectation is like, wow, okay, I can do this. I like that. That's how I feel sometimes. All I know is this, you, never, you don't really always know. You just go to do it. I, I, we'd gone out for a little meeting. This, this uh, friend said, hey, on the way home, would you mind going and praying for this friend? He was about 70. He's got cancer. He's in a lot of pain. Would you go and pray for him on your way home? I said, sure. But I stopped, and uh, we just visited for a few minutes, and he was bloated and uh, a, lot of, a lot of pain, um, and I, so we talked, and I said, okay, well, I'll just pray for you, and I said, is it okay if I put my hand over the area that, um, where the pain is? He said, sure. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, I tell the pain to leave, and Lord, bring healing. As I'm watching, the bloating just leaves and goes down. He died three days later. The pain was all gone. When we finished praying, he said, I don't have any pain. I thought when the pain, when the pain went away and the bloating went away, it's all done. He's all healed. Jesus had a different idea of what healing was about at the moment, right? Because he took him to be with him. But the man was had no physical misery. So sometimes our expectations aren't met. And we think, I don't know if I want to do this anymore because my, what I want to see happening isn't happening. No. What we get to do is continuing to do the stuff because that's who we are. If we're not doing it, who are believers in Christ, who have the Holy Spirit, who's going to do it? Right? Well, I just want to bring in one last thing, and it's, remember that you know the whole story about David and Goliath and, and the things that happened with him. But the thing that's always impressed me about it is that David, um, he's it says that he runs towards Goliath, yelling, the battle belongs to the Lord, and he will give all of you into our hands. So David solved the problem and wanted to do his part with God in solving, in solving that. So David was seen. He saw the problem. And the question that I have to ask myself is, what do I see? What do I see around me? Do I see Goliaths in the lives of people? Do I see things that are hampering the lives of people? Frustration, fear, doubt, 
anger? Are there all kinds of things that the Spirit of God can come and do something about? David was seeing the problem. And he was listening. He was listening to God. And that caused me to ask myself, what am I hearing? What am I hearing from God about something that he is doing? Am I seeing and am I listening? And then David was anticipating, wasn't he? This Goliath is dead. He was anticipating victory. So my question to myself and maybe to you is, um, are you saying to yourself, well, it's my turn to do these things. It's my turn. I get to do all these things. So going back, I've launched my boat in order to get out and do something. I have to launch into my neighborhood. I have to launch into people's lives. I have to launch and look and listen and be ready and be risking. Does that make sense? Hello? Okay. We're going to launch this morning. So let's launch up. Face stand. Now earlier I was asking the Lord, what are some things you want to do? And there were a few specific things because I saw some particular, um, and, and here's how we're going to do it. Everybody gets to play. I always like that. Everyone gets to play about doing the stuff. So we're going to, or some, first thing I want to do is, is just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And when I say that, he's, of course, he's present because he dwells within. It says that the kingdom dwells within, is near, about, and within. So if that's the case, then we know the Holy Spirit is here. What we're asking him to do, is there something you want to do as relates to your kingdom right here, right now? Okay? So that's what we're asking him to do. Come, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, would you just come? Just come. 